Hello and welcome to the Fluid Soul podcast. I am your host, Amy, and I adore all things that tune us back into that flow state. My intention is to empower you to tap back into your own unique potential and align with your soul's deepest desires. Together, we will uncover and transform the ways in which we can cultivate our own fluid soul experience as we elevate our health, our mindset, our relationships, our spirituality, and our personal growth. Grab a cup of tea and let's get fluid. Hello and welcome back to the Fluid Soul podcast. Thank you once again for joining me. This is episode three, and in the last episode, I left off at the end of my time in Australia. In 2013, my then partner and I decided to relocate to Banff in Canada. Moving to a whole new country is a very vulnerable, inducing experience. And I learned this originally when I first moved and relocated to Australia, You have to put yourself out there again and again to build a new life from the ground up. My victim mentality was in full force when we arrived here. And I think this was or had a lot to do with my previous year and a half experience in Australia. I felt unsafe. And more than that, I felt extremely unsatisfied in my relationship. I craved social connection I craved musical expression, and ultimately, I really craved that feeling of wholeness that had been vacant from my inner world for what felt like a number of years. To fill these voids within me, I jumped right back into my work hard, play hard mentality that I had worked (laughs) so hard, it seemed, at detaching from during my time in Australia. I went back to work in hospitality, which actually led me back into a heavy year of drinking, partying, and there was also a fair amount of drug use. And if you remember from the previous episode, I decided to take a really long and important break from these substances whilst I was in Australia. I started a local band, which on one hand became a guiding light for me during this period, But on the other hand, it also encouraged my addictive behaviours as all of our shows took place in bars. Now, of course, it was a lot of fun. I love performing. I love singing. I love collaborating with musicians. I loved my bandmates. And being in this band gave me that ability to tap back into my creative essence on a weekly basis. This was something that I had been deeply craving for a number of years. But there was always this underlying feeling of regret that would appear towards the end of every gig. I remember it pretty vividly that at the end of a gig, I began to notice that I felt unfulfilled in this scenario that I truly thought would provide me with bliss. It seemed to be no longer aligning with my newer values that had begun to emerge from within myself. Another guiding light came for me in the form of the town's local yoga studio, Rocky Mountain Yoga. Ah, I have so many incredible things to share about this yoga studio. 
I applied for a karma yogi position and in exchange for cleaning the studio, I was able to attend all of the classes. To this day, I've never experienced a yoga studio like this one. It truly held such a special energy. There was a variety of all different styles of yoga and some of the most authentic, inspiring and beautiful human beings and teachers that I had ever met. I was head over heels in love with this space and what it offered to this small community. I would plan my days around attending at least one class a day. And this is where things within myself started to shift once again. I could feel a layer of myself beginning to peel away the further I deepened my dedication to the practice. It was at times very painful, very fearful, very frustrating, but I never stopped coming back. I started to notice that the life I was living when I wasn't on my yoga mat was no longer speaking to me. I could feel myself being pulled apart and eventually I was going to have to choose which path I now wanted to walk. The more I practiced, the more I started to see how so many of us become lost in the matrix of expectation and conditioning, never stepping out of line to discover their true alignment. I did not want this to become my fate. Every time I stepped back on my mat, took a deep breath in and out, and flowed to the guidance of the teacher's words, I felt free empowered and clear. I wanted to share this experience with everyone I knew, but I did not know how. I've said this many times, and I can understand that not everyone can understand what I mean when I say this, but yoga literally saved my life in so many aspects. It might sound dramatic, but yoga was my form of daily therapy, my space to self-reflect, my space to fall back in love with all parts of me, and my space to connect with my mind, body, and my soul. The way I behaved outside of the studio no longer aligned with the version of myself that was being created on my mat. Rocky Mountain Studio is where I met some of my best friends, free from judgment, free from the constructs of society, free from our need to be perfect. It's also where I met my second most impactful yoga teacher, my friend and my guru, Erin Evans. I know she will blush or make some sound, something like when she hears me calling her a guru, but that's how I viewed her. That's how I still view her. Her classes left me feeling like I could conquer the world and still make time to have a laugh while trying to balance on my head. She was approachable, kind, caring, witty, and radiated her unique essence with grace and ease. She was also a true friend, a friend that guided me through some of my most challenging days. Yoga was the path that had led her to shine in her own light, and it inspired me to see if I could create that for myself. But at that time, teaching yoga was not on my radar until in 2015, that was two years after I had arrived in Banff, Erin shared that she was hosting a yoga teacher training in Goa, India. Now, originally, I had set the plan within my head that I was going to travel to Baja in Mexico 
to attend a yoga retreat center to take my 200 hour training. But it was actually in meeting Erin, it was in meeting her essence, it was in being around her energy, it was in the way that she allowed the power, the intention of yoga to flow through her that really sparked something deep within me. And I knew that in that moment, Erin was the teacher that would take me on that path towards understanding the deeper layers of yoga, the history of yoga, but also the root of yoga from within each individual. This sparked another new chapter for me. Without really even thinking about it, I signed up for the training. And at that time, I didn't have all of the money to pay for it. I abruptly ended my relationship with my partner. I left my band and I flew to London for two weeks and in that space, I hadn't been back home for, it would have been up coming up to three years. And then from there, I traveled to India, where I would experience a life-changing month of growth. Five days after I arrived in Goa, I decided to solidify this new chapter by shaving all of my hair off. Before then, I had bleached it platinum blonde since the age of 18. And if you can imagine, or if you are someone that has bleached their hair before. My hair was lifeless, brittle, and hot in the humid air of Goa. The local community crowded around to watch the barber shave my long blonde hair off bit by bit. I used to joke that when I returned, people would think I'd become a monk, or that I'd had some kind of life crisis. But in all honesty, it was the most liberating thing I have ever done. It was also extremely terrifying because I was walking on the edge of society's expectations on my need to want to please people, on my need to want to look a certain way. And in that moment, I threw it all away and thought, fuck it. I want to shave my head. I want to see and feel what that feels like. It's not the norm, but that doesn't matter. I was no longer held down by the blueprint of society. I was free to do what I wanted and it felt fan-fucking-tastic. <laughs> I returned back to Banff in 2016. I returned back to Banff after being away for about two months. And that would have been in 2016. And by the end of that year, myself and my new partner decided to relocate to Nelson, B.C., that is the partner that I am still with. That is my gorgeous man. And we, at that time, decided to convert a van into a camper van. And we spent three months on the road exploring BC. We moved into a cabin outside of town and hunkered down for the winter. This started my personal rehab year. Placing physical space between myself and the social life in Nelson allowed me to significantly reduce my drinking but more importantly, to stop abusing chemical substances. Now, I would be lying if that's where the story ended, or that I lived happily ever after, after working as a yoga teacher. At least, I thought that is how my life would unfold. But the universe simply does not work in that way. I still had many lessons to learn and a number of core wounds to acknowledge and heal. I started teaching at a variety of local yoga studios, and found a job working as a cleaner with an incredible boss. This was, of course, not my ideal job, 
but it paid well. I loved the company and it allowed me to stay away from the hospitality industry. It also allowed for me to work less hours each day, which gave me more space to teach yoga on the side. Yoga has always created space for me to deeply connect with the needs of my body. Before yoga, I would often push myself physically, mentally and emotionally to keep going even when my cup was empty. After a few months in as working as a cleaner, I started to notice a variety of pains occurring in my body. Pains that I would later understand were connected to holding emotions in my body as well as overworking myself. The cleaning job became far too taxing physically and mentally and I knew it was time to move on. I transitioned into working as a yoga teacher and a desk attendant for the local community leisure centre. I was stoked to be in another well-paid job but at the same time it did not demand so much from my body. I also enjoyed the company of my colleagues and I was able to put some of my marketing manager skills back into practice which felt really good. It was also well noticed and well received and I also loved the community of men and women who attended the yoga classes. I was beginning to build a bit of a following which gave me the confidence to lean a little further towards the possibility of eventually becoming an entrepreneur. I felt excited about the possibilities that could come from this new job but I soon started to become very aware of the heavy energy that existed within this establishment. It became more and more challenging to ignore as I become aware of how unhappy and unfulfilled a number of the staff were. Svadhyaya. This is a Sanskrit word meaning self-study. Self-study is an important component of yogic philosophy. It encourages the yogi to view a life from a place of observation rather than judgment, which is similar to meditation. The act of moving and breathing gives you a platform to become the observer or the witness of your internal world your thoughts, your feelings, your beliefs. These are all formed from energy vibrating at different frequencies inside and around you. If we do not acknowledge and see to these parts of ourselves, then we start to vibrate at a lower frequency. We feel lethargic, unmotivated, uninspired, sad, depressed and unworthy. The awareness that yoga has cultivated within myself began to spill over into my life off of the mat once again. I began to not only witness but feel other people's struggles and unspoken truths simply by the energy that they were giving off. I'm sure you've found yourself in a situation where you have felt the energy of others and if you spend enough time surrounded with those energies they start to physically and mentally affect your own very well-being. This happened to me. One year into working at the leisure centre my mental well-being began to shift. I noticed that I was starting to rely heavily on coffee to feel energised. I often caught myself complaining and playing the victim. I stopped caring about always showing up as my best and I started to feel that deep emotion of depression rising up from within me. My relationship at that time was also complicated, which was certainly affecting how I showed up in my place of work. We were both transitioning into a new life in BC. We had both left all of our friends behind in Banff and we were still understanding each other. Remember, this was, at that time, a new relationship. This added to my feeling of lack, unworthiness, and increased that inner sense of depression. Very few people know how to communicate in a healthy and balanced manner. At least this is what I have experienced over the years of being in relationship. Once again, this is an important part of the puzzle of life that our societal blueprint does not consider or include. 
Most of us are taught to push our emotions down, to numb them with addictions or distractions. I was struggling to communicate my true, honest feelings, not only in my relationship, but also in my place of work. I saw how this lack of communication was another key element toward me creating more fluidity in my life, but I did not yet know how to. Our bodies work as an antennae, in which we receive and put out different frequencies. This is how we can read and understand what our needs are from our intuitive nudge, our inner feeling, our inner knowing. Yet if we do not know how to read our bodies, then we simply miss out on this powerful and beautiful essence of our human experience. If we are numb to our bodies, then we automatically run from our mental body, which is led 95% from our subconscious beliefs or memories. That's huge. Therefore, most of our decisions, reactions, conversations are coming from an automated bank of memories. We end up repeating old wounds, old behaviours, old conversations and old expectations. We never truly hear each other, nor do we truly speak our real needs. I felt like everyone around me was reflecting or mirroring back to me the parts of me that I had still refused or I had unconsciously allowed myself to see, to to understand. I started to feel as though I was going backwards. I felt as though all the work I had done in those previous years was beginning to disintegrate. And I knew I had this feeling inside of me that I had to make another big shift. I did not want to walk the path that I had led to so many of the people around me that time to ignore their own unique potential, to simply accept the life that they are living as if that is the only choice they have. It made me angry. It made me so frustrated to see so many incredible people around me getting stuck in their samskaras, in their, in their grooves of conditioning. I'm sure you have all experienced this whether that's in a workplace, whether that's in a community, whether that's in a group of friends, where it almost seems as if people are just living day by day without awareness on how they're spending their energy, what is the integrity of what they're saying and how they're spending their time, what are their hopes and dreams. It seems to me, and I notice this more and more in our society, that we are hardwired to negativity. It's almost like we celebrate and we rejoice in our woes. And it's shameful, it seems, in our society for us to to lift people up that want to celebrate their wins, that want to celebrate their healing path, the things they've overcome. We love to complain. Human beings love, love to complain. I catch myself still doing it, you know, on a daily basis. I'm not saying that it's something that we erase from who we are. It's part of who we are. But really for me, it's always about building more awareness around your habits, around your beliefs, around the path that you are carving out for yourself. And again, it goes back to that victim mentality. If we don't acknowledge these parts of ourselves, we end up going in a spiral, in a loop, where we support each other's downfalls. We place all of the pain and all of the struggle that we are going through 
on our external circumstances. Oh, it's Bob from work. Oh, it's because of the media news. Oh, it's because of my bank account is empty. It's because of the money I have to pay for my food. It's because I'm not well-educated or I'm not smart enough. We are always downing on ourselves. We never give ourselves the opportunity to even rise above all of that murky shit. And it's something that was really, really coming into my awareness at that time. And it's, of course, now so much more in my awareness. But at that time, it was so extremely prevalent. And I felt like I was suffocating. And I knew, I knew I had to do something different. And that's when I had a breaking point. It all kind of happened at the same time. And I didn't realize that, it, again, it was the universe was guiding me towards something. But at that time, I decided to leave my job at the rec center. I didn't have anything else lined up at that time, but I knew I had to get out of that space. It felt toxic to me. The the hatred, the negativity from everyone's own individual experiences was really starting to weigh heavy on me. And I left. And at that same time in leaving, a friend of mine that I had met at a yoga festival in Banff reached out to me and shared about an online opportunity working for a holistic health program, which would allow me to work from home It would allow me to step more into embodying that entrepreneurial spirit. It would allow me to set my own schedule, to work from home, which again, in my my vision at that time would mean I'd have more space to focus on my yoga practice and on my yoga business. Now, this holistic health program was an MLM, a multi-level marketing program or business. You've probably already said it to yourself in your head after I said those words. Oh, it's a pyramid scheme. That's what it is. It's one of those pyramid schemes. And I thought the same thing myself. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) I did a lot of researching and digging before I actually said yes. And I realized again, moving forwards, that most people that I shared the opportunity with also considered it to be a pyramid scheme. Now, I'm not going to go into what pyramid schemes are, but they're illegal. And this particular company had been around for 50 years. And they weren't a company that were hiding. They were very vocal. They were very successful. And it wasn't illegal. In fact, multi-level marketing businesses exist everywhere, in every single country, in every single continent, If you are someone who has ever purchased essential oil from someone like doTERRA or Young Living, then you have bought from a multi-level marketing business. It is a style of business that we are not very well educated on. It's not something that we talk about in mainstream media, in mainstream education. It's not spoken about in business schools, in university, but it is a new style of business that has been around for about the last 50 years. It's similar to like direct selling, where back in the day, you would be a salesperson going door to door, where you would knock on someone's door, you would have a product or a service, and you would see if they were interested in purchasing that. 
It's exactly the same concept. But now that we have the online space, now that we have social media, it has expanded the ability for people to reach more customers on a day-to-day basis. Again, I really believe in integrity and I wasn't just going to join any multi-level marketing business. I had to make sure that I really aligned with the business, with the products, with the vision, with the intention. And holistic health is really important to me now. And at that time, it was starting to evolve as a focus I wanted to integrate more into my life. And I realized that being a part of this business, being a part of this program, being a part of the community of women that I was with re-inspired me to take charge once again of my own health. And it was a lot at the start. It's like starting anything new that you haven't had experience with. You are learning so much new information that it, of course, can become extremely overwhelming. Plus, you're putting yourself out there into the online space, which that brings up within itself lots of your inner demons, your inner sense of self-worth, or your desire to hide away, but knowing that you have to face the fear for it to drop away, and that fear is an illusion. And so the first, I would say the first six months of being a part of this business was exciting, it was scary, it was confusing, it was empowering, and it gave me a real sense of focus, a real sense of purpose, something that I had really wanted to create for myself. I also felt extremely independent that I had broken away from the societal norm of working a desk job or a nine to five job or working for a typical business in which you receive a paycheck every week and that you get a hourly wage. Now, within MLMs, you are working on a variety of different um, payment systems, commissions being one of them, but you are also leaning into residual income. Again, I'm not here to describe in detail these parts yet, and I can always do a podcast on that in the future if you are interested, but residual income is a way in in which you start to earn money through the energy of abundance, through the energy of automation, through the energy of a community in which you are sharing, in which people are lifting and picking each other up. And eventually you're creating this team in which when someone makes a sell, you also earn a little bit of commission from that sell as well as your own sell. So over time, when you build this sense of a business, you can make money in your sleep. And this was very desirable to me at the time. And it wasn't coming from a place of greed. I wasn't like, oh, I really want to just like make lots of money and do nothing. I realized at that time that really what I truly wanted within my life was space, was freedom, was choice. I didn't want to have to be tied down to a job in which I had to travel to a certain destination, in which I had to exchange my time for money, 
in which I had to learn skills that were quite likely not in alignment with any of my true desires, with any of my true needs, with any of my true joys. And I wasn't able to choose how I wanted to do that work. I was managed, I was organized by someone else. And the interesting thing about a traditional style business is it's actually very much like a pyramid scheme. (laughs) In the sense that if you think of a pyramid shape, you have someone at the top, for example, a CEO. And then from there, if you go down that pyramid and the pyramid shape widens, there is more job roles. You know, you might have the manager of an organization below the CEO. You then below that, you might have store managers. Then below that, you might have assistant managers. Below that, you'll have workers, you'll have people on the floor. And so if you think about that pyramid scheme, the people right at the bottom are making all of that abundance for the one person or the small group of people at the top, very much like a pyramid. And I like to share that because it really put things into perspective for me at that time. And I hope that it puts things into perspective for you right now that you don't have to just follow the societal path. You don't have to just do what your parents did, what your friends are doing, what your community expects of you. And yes, of course, we do need money in life. We need money to to exist, to purchase things. But money is everywhere. Money is universal abundance. Money is energy. And again, this is another topic that I won't go into now, but my views, my relationship with money has completely changed. And it all really started from when I joined this MLM. Honestly, it's a really lonely road, choosing to follow your dreams and then sharing your dreams with others. It's a very revealing road where you open yourself up to other people's regrets, other people's pains, other people's wounds. And that was the most challenging thing I found as being a part of this new business structure, this new way of life for myself. On one hand, I felt all of this excitement towards the path that I was moving in. And on the other hand, I felt extremely judged and torn down by the people around me that didn't see my vision, that didn't understand, that thought I was doing something that was bad or wrong or that was negatively impacting others. And I think this is where a lot of us in life turn away from our dreams and go back to what we know, go back to what we're expected to do. I'm sure some of you listening, perhaps you're even in this circumstance right now, where you really, really desperately want to go for that dream, that thing you've always wanted to try out, that skill you've always wanted to learn, that career path you've always wanted to dig deeper into. Yet, the people around you, the people closest to you have told you that it's either ridiculous, that it's unachievable, that it's not going to make you money, that it's going to waste your time. And when you're surrounded by that, it's really hard. It's, or it's even harder to connect to your, your inner wisdom, your inner voice. That part of you gets smothered because I've been there. I know what it's like. And I've turned away from my dreams so many times because of what others think. 
because of the fear that is created within me. But in reality, I ask you this, are the people in your life right now, the people that have told you no to following your dreams, to following the things that really light you up, are they living the life that you want? Are they making decisions for themselves that are helping them to move closer towards their own unique potential? That's helping to move closer towards their sense of love from the inside out? Are they content? Not even content. Are they excited about the day when they wake up in the morning? Are they working towards goals that they've always wanted? Are they building their own vision? And if they're not, if the choices they're making are not the choices that you would make, if the landscape of their current existence is completely in the opposite direction of where you want your vision, you want your path to move towards, then you have to stop listening to their advice. It's as simple as that. You listen to the people that inspire you. You listen to the people that are living the lives, that are doing the actions, that are working on themselves, that are uncovering and healing their traumas. Those are the people that you listen to. Those are the people that you take advice from. And this was a huge shift for me at that time in my life. Previously before that, I would listen to the people around me and think, yeah, yeah, you're right you're right, I I should just stay where I am. But when I started listening to people that were, say, five, ten years ahead of me and were also doing things in their lives that I could only dream of, something within me switched. Suddenly I realised that I had to change the people that were in my life. Now, if you remember back from my previous podcast, episode two, I shared about how when I left London and moved to Australia, I also shared so many of my friends, my community, but also the old part of me, the old version of me. And when I left the rec centre and moved into working online, I was taking that same step. I was shedding that then old layer of myself to reveal a new, more vulnerable, more open, more inspired version of myself. Now, it's not easy. It was terrifying. (laughs) And it brought up so much more shit. And that is one thing I want to just quickly share or touch on when it comes to growth, when it comes to transformation. When you peel away a layer of yourself, you open the floodgate for all of your unhealed trauma, your unheard voices to come up. And like I was mentioning before, I think this is why a lot of us, we try these things, we try these new ventures, we sign up for that course, we buy that book that we believe is going to help us to make that transformation. And then whether it's external or whether it's internal, our hopes are dampened. We feel unworthy and we stop. And I realized that in the community that I was with with within this business is that so many of these women had walked that path. They had been pushed down for years and years and years until finally they'd said to themselves, no, I'm, I'm more than this. I'm worth so much more and I'm going to explore. I'm going to see what I can create for myself. 
And when you do that within the sense of the universe, the universe listens. It listens and it will begin to give to you into your 3D reality experiences, opportunities, people, beliefs that will help support you towards that thing that will attract those pieces of you that you wish to build towards you. And I started to see this in this new path that I was in. But like I'd mentioned, although I was growing in some aspects aloud, there was also parts of myself that were really blocking me. And it was this, again, this need to achieve, this hunger inside of me. And so on one hand, I did really, really well in this business in a short amount of time. I climbed the different levels within the business. I was starting to grow my client list, my team list. And on the other hand, my health was improving. I had quit coffee. I was back to working out on a regular basis. My diet had completely shifted again. I felt balanced from the inside out. I felt re-energized. I felt a sense of motivation on a daily basis. And I felt that real sense of momentum building where it felt like the journey I was on was picking up its own rhythm that I didn't even have to control. However, within that, I started to realize that although I was working from home, although I was working independently, although I was working in an inspirational environment, I was right back in my nine to five mentality in which I was spending up to six to eight hours online working on my business. I had this thirst and this need to achieve And that started to become a downward spiral. That was a downward spiral in my relationship, in my romantic relationship, because I wasn't spending time with my partner. All I was focusing on was this business. This business became my life. Now, I'm not saying that that doesn't happen when you start a business. It does. When you start a business, you have to really put your all in. However, if I was working towards that fluid soul experience... Did that sense of drive, that sense of determination, that unhealthy sense, that need, that almost greed to want to achieve, was that in alignment with my fluid soul experience? And I began to realize that it wasn't. I started to notice actually about eight months into this business that I was once again starting to feel really tired, starting to feel really unmotivated, starting to feel stressed, starting to feel a sense of pressure coming over me. And ultimately, I felt like I was back in school. I felt like if I didn't do enough, if I wasn't good enough at this business, that I once again was unworthy. And it started to take a toll on my health. A year into this business, I wasn't really exercising. I wasn't really taking care of my nutritional needs. I wasn't really taking much rest or stillness. I had let go of my yoga practice significantly. And I became this online zombie in a sense, (laughs) you know, where I was just like desperate, desperate to achieve something that I didn't even know what it was. I didn't even know what it was that I was trying to achieve. I just felt like I needed to achieve. And within that, fast forward, it was two years into being in this business, I decided to step away. 
Thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode. I hold love and gratitude to each and every one of you for choosing to invite me into your awareness today. If you liked, loved, or resonated with what was shared, it would mean the absolute world to me if you could leave me a review on iTunes or Spotify. If you take a screenshot of your review and send it over to fluidsoulpodcast at gmail.com, you will receive from me a free guided chakra activation meditation as a little thank you. If you know of anyone that could be supported through this podcast, please share it with them. If you share it on social media, do not forget to tag me as I would love to repost that share. To keep up to date with what I'm up to, head over to my socials, Instagram, amy.fluidsoul, and Facebook, Fluid Soul Yoga. Your support is crucial in my ability to continue to serve and record episodes. You can send me a donation of your choice by following the Red Circle donation link in the show notes of this episode. And if you're curious on how I've been able to create more fluidity, freedom and abundance via the online space, hop over to my website, fluidsoul.ca and sign up for our free web class to learn more. Now grab a cup of tea and let's get fluid. Fluid.